The government did it. This is cancel culture. You know, I don't know about this doctrine of assassination, but if he thinks we're trying to assassinate him, I think we really ought to go ahead and do it. It's a whole lot cheaper than starting a war. We just had one of the best defamation lawyers on the planet take up our case, and they go sue the pants off CNN for lying to this church. We'll see you in court, CNN. The coming of the Son of God was in April 13, 2005. All right, welcome back to uh, another episode of Old Time Religion. I am one of your hosts, James Carey, here again with Nathan Saget. Nathan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Me too. Well, no, because <laughs> we watched this movie. Um, we watched the Q&R movie the other day, well, last weekend, which was bad enough as it is, but that was my world. Now we're stumbling farther into yours. That's something you know better. Um, this is the 2014 movie that most people probably won't remember. I'm assuming, uh, we'll get in, uh, some plans they had for it, bigger ambitions, but it didn't quite get pulled off that way. Um, this is left behind starring Nicholas Cage from 2014. We will shoot. Sorry. I got a text. God damn it. I can't do that. All right. We will be covering uh, the movie in a minute here, but let's go through a little bit about the background of the books um, real quick. These books were, I remember them being very popular when I was younger. Um, my parents owned a couple. I have no idea if anyone ever read them, but uh, Nathan, your family owns the whole series. Uh, they did. And also the uh, teen spinoff series uh, left uh. behind for teens and there were some other uh, novels. There was a, a graphic comic. There's a whole bunch of spinoffs of this oh my God. Uh, by other authors, too, that I forgot about. I read most of these 16 uh, novels. I think I read all of them, including two of the three prequels, which are within that 16. Oh my God. Um, it covers the so entire many. span from the rapture and current day roughly which back then would have been in the 90s um all the way to the end of the seven year tribulation when the global governments under the antichrist nikolai carpathia is finally brought down by the second coming of christ i'm gonna sound like a raving lunatic whenever i'm describing these books but these were big over uh, 65 million copies sold yeah. um now just to give a comparison so back in 2014 uh, the Hunger Games had only sold uh, 25 to 35 million copies. That's the Hunger Games left behind over 65 million. Well, it's because they couldn't make a good movie out of them if they, when they tried twice. Which is sad. So, I think yeah. they could have made a fun movie, not a good movie, but a really fun one. But they didn't have to have a secular like, direction and producers on this stuff. Yeah. It would yeah. almost have to be like an anime, like um, uh, Lel Lelouch. Is that the anime? Anyway, I was thinking about uh, this, but it had to be an anime. <laughs> well, you'd have to no. You could get like Michael Bay. Yeah, it could be Michael Bay. Yeah, that I'd watch actually. Or like, oh yeah, yeah, even a Snyder like <laughs> a, a Snyder <laughs> Revelations would be good. But 
Um, yeah, so this, you touched on it a bit. This is uh, a book series based on the end times because evangelicals always seem to be waiting for everyone else to die, which I don't we'll get into later, probably. And I'll be on the mindset shit when I talk about this movie. Um, but yeah, it's about the Revelation. It's basically the book of Revelation interpreted by um, a... Baptist preacher who Nathan tells me has a lot of influence, born in Detroit, actually, Tim LaHaye, and a sports biographer, you said? Uh, yeah, Jerry B. Jenkins was a sports person biographer. He wrote biographies for athletes and what. Right. So this had, um, yeah, you you already mentioned all these spinoffs of it, which I didn't even realize. I had a copy of the teens one, and I really mm. – I did not pick it up. I don't think, I don't think I ever read them. I swear maybe my dad read these or something, but they were very popular. I, it was strange to see when I found out as I was older that they were like evangelical books and like weird, you know, it was, I I guess I vaguely understood like what revelation was, but I wasn't thinking about it. Nobody, I don't, (laughs) who else thinks about that book? Yeah. No, about the revelation. Like who besides evangelicals, like who thinks about that book that much? Well, even among evangelicals, it's not entirely clear because if you think about revelation too much, you will go crazy. And I think in middle school and high school, I just thought too closely about revelation to the point of scaring myself out of religion is what happened to me. (laughs) I think if you think about it too much, because when I was growing up as a teenager, I would just imagine like to make my faith more real, you know, in this like crazy, yeah, beyond bigger than life thing. Like I'd imagine hell. I imagine the, you know, a nuclear bombing by Iran. I, I would imagine, you know, like the end times, the Antichrist, the UN, yeah. the EU. I'm, I'm going off on my stark raving mad, you know, uh, rambling well, again. It's actually, it's funny you touch on it because I was thinking, you know, it's been stated by smarter people than me, obviously, but you didn't have the internet yet was your problem. Like you weren't online enough. You didn't have the chans. You didn't have YouTube as like in the way it is now, obviously, you know, there was video hosting and things like that, but it was nothing like it is now where everyone can rip a video on the internet. You can broadcast live from a phone, you know? Right. um, Now the evangelical has the option to get red pilled and put their faith in like worldly events still, you know, but this time they had like people like, well, obviously they had Trump and they had whoever Q is or was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that seems to be a much more popular outlet for them. And that they seem to make up a huge base of this new conspiracy stuff. Uh, obviously, you know, Alex Jones was around. I, I don't think I heard about Alex Jones. So I was like probably out of high school. I don't know. Um, yeah, it would have been a 2000. Yeah, into the Obama administration, probably. I I think I'd seen him before, like Media Matters clips or something, but who cared? You know, mm-hmm. there was no um, the culture wasn't as like overbearing as it is now, as far as like all these conspiracies were not together. And now, yeah, any evangelical who believes in any conspiracy, they can find an umbrella to go under and meet more people like that. You right, know? right. 
And another thing is like the evangelical online subculture, because I did see some of that in the 2000s. I'd follow like end times prophecy uh, forums, like uh, prophecy in the news. (laughs) Um, There was that one that was saying like resolution 666 in the European Union, uh, whatever was going to set up the Antichrist via the the EU instead of the UN. I was in those forums in the 2000s. Yeah. But what's interesting is that those, because they were so evangelical and focused on the Bible, they were kind of secluded. It's not until you get QAnon that you start seeing it bleed into the wider conservative culture, I think, you know? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm just random track. I do remember Alex Jones from earlier because I remember Loose Change. And I remember um, watching the, uh, I think in high school, I was watching that documentary about um, like his global domination plan where he was talking about how NAFTA was like going to build a freeway from Canada to Mexico. I remember that North American American Union. Yeah. Yeah. When they pitched that dumb idea, that was in his movie is like, oh, this is what they're planning as like the one world government. By oh, okay i have an embarrassing story about north american union so um i was in <laughs> freshman high school i went to see colin powell speak in uh i think oklahoma city with the speech the high school speech team and they were taking questions for the audience and i wrote a question asking about the uh north american uh well about nafta and also the north american union that was being rumored during bush's presidency really cringe um obviously he did not answer my uh, conspiracy written uh, question but uh yeah yeah <laughs> well it's all right i mean i uh and well we fucking all we're all cringe or anyone doing politics online is cringe this is you, true you just grow to be slightly less cringy every year and then i assume you die hopefully and, but, yeah well yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's true um i've seen people just get worse you can go either way, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, why don't we get into um, some background of the movie? You kind of looked it up, and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. we'll talk about this and get into a little bit of you know. If you want to explain too that there was other ones, go for it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, today we're just talking about the 2014 Left Behind, starring Nicolas Cage. This is not the first film adaptation of the first Left Behind novel. The first film adaptation of the first novel was in uh, 2000. uh, And that's the one starring Kirk Cameron. And there are scenes in it where you see like explosions in the sky. It actually depicts the war of Gog and Magog sort of from an underground bunker. Um, It kind of sometimes looks like the movie Stargate. Sometimes (laughs) it, it, the, the 2000 generous, it is generous. It's like, the 2000 film isn't right. good at all. Not only that, Tim LaHaye did not like it. Tim LaHaye did not like it so much so that he <laughs> sued the production company before the movie was released directly to videotape. So I'll just go through that chronology real quick. So um, um, according, I'm getting this from uh, christianfilmnews.com. So the co-authors, Tim LaHaye and... Uh, Jerry Jenkins uh, negotiated giving the film rights to namesake entertainment between June 1996 and April 1997. So 
uh, the first novel published in 1995, right? So this is in the early days of the success of the first novel. And this is also around the time that their sequel novel, Tribulation Force, uh, came out. Namesake Entertainment licensed the film rights to uh, Cloud 10 Productions, which is a company that still exists today producing Christian films. And uh, Cloud 10 Productions produced Left Behind the Movie with Kirk Cameron and had uh, evangelical musicians like uh, Rebecca St. James and it had uh, John Hagee and televangelist Jack Van Imp. And um, in uh, July 1999, about a year before the direct-to-videotape release, uh, Tim LaHaye had already sued uh, Namesync Entertainment and Cloud10 Pictures. Uh, LaHaye claimed breach of contract, saying the producers had not made the blockbuster they had promised, limiting the movie's uh, market appeal. Uh, the suit claimed that the producers promised a budget of more than $40 million, although the contract doesn't say anything like that. There's nothing like that in the contract. Uh, publicity, marketing, distribution costs, and production costs um, for the movie only came up to $17.4 million. And uh, both production companies uh, said they never promised a budget more than $40 million. And this leads to a legal dispute that lasts until it was settled in 2008. So for about a little over eight years, Tim LaHaye had an ongoing suit with Cloud 10 Pictures. Um, and uh, basically, Tim LaHaye was trying to get the film rights back so he could remake it. By 2008, uh, Cloud 10 Pictures announced it had entered a settlement agreement resolving the two lawsuits by that point uh, with it and Namesake Entertainment. And then October 2010, uh, Cloud 10 reacquired the rights and announced it would reboot the Left Behind film series. So they 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 announced they were going to make mm -hmm. multiple films. But then guess what? They make Nicolas Cage's yeah. um, film, which is so much worse than even the 2000 film. Yeah. Yeah. They make a worse film. <laughs> and evangelicals don't like Nicolas Cage's film either, you know. Well, you know what? I got to say something on behalf of evangelical art. It's all bad. I, you guys have all this money and you put this such little effort in this stuff, man. Like when back in the, you know, 2000s, I remember they would have um, like video computer games and shit. You remember that they would just like, yeah, I play this. And it's like, man, one, they charge for everything. And two, you can tell that the money you pay them did not go into whatever you're getting. You right. know, they, they did not care about the product that was being given to you. <laughs> so right, right. everything, it's like they don't try. The Catholic Church at least produces stuff that like, oh, yeah, pump out some high art every once in a while. And we had Mel Gibson, despite his flaws. Yeah, if you <laughs> have like a cultural tier, it's definitely evangelicals produce the worst arts and then above them is probably mainline Protestants and Catholics. And I think the reason for that is because, I mean, one of the many reasons, I think an economic reason might be just because the mainline and uh, Catholic churches, uh, they have more larger capitalist donors. I think that's part of it. Yeah. It thinks, how so? I mean, how, uh, mm -hmm. go ahead. No, expand on it. 
so it's not that, of course, there are multimillionaires that fund evangelical right. arts yeah. sometimes in politics. But but the problem is, like, there, it's always a minority of multimillionaires that are trying to d- help, like, conservative religion. Like, the main, if you think about the history of, yeah. like, mainline Protestantism, they got the Rockefellers, they got the, uh, you know, Carnegie's. Yeah. You know? No, I'll give you that, because not anything about it. The Protestants are a... Well, the evangelicals are a certain, um, they do make up a certain part of the economic, you know, culture, the strata where it's like uh, the nouveau riche, the small business holders and things like that. It's not that evangelicals, I think, have a lot of money in general or, you know, know, as a whole in this country or in the world or whatever, but as a force in the United States, this, you know, petty bourgeois, like millionaire level people, yeah, they do make up a good chunk of paying things. But now that you mention it, yes, the only person like with the actual luxuries like a jet is usually the pre- preacher. Yeah, yeah. And I know what I it can sound like counterintuitive, but you, if you think about like um, you tend to have the more theologically liberal denominations uh, being supported by the larger capitalists and on average, the smaller capitalists tend to favor the more conservative denominations uh and that's been like that since the late 19th century that's not to say that of course evangelicals are mostly rich and most of the people who are in evangelical churches they're like petite bourgeois smaller capitalists sure right but because they're they're like the rump of the capitalist class yeah it's there's a frayed de- edge and it's definitely um a benefit of a unique time in history where there was this economic dominance by the u.s um, mm-hmm. due to the fact that there was no other economies anymore. Uh, right. Yeah. And they kind of rode high on this wave, you know, they're like, um, they're like a boomer almost, <laughs> but they can be like that at age 30. Right? Like, right. They rode through pretty comfortably. They typically may not have had an education or just have a general educate, like higher education that they mm-hmm. don't really employ in anything. Um, you know, they didn't specialize in anything usually. So typically it's somebody who kind of, uh, you know, they're like weird Calvinists in that way. They kind of see themselves as, I think it blends with religion. They just see themselves as like, well, I'm, I have this right to be comfortable. And now they're seeing that, well, that wave was very much temporary and it was foolish for like capital to think it would last forever, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. But now they're feeling the pinch and as they feel the pinch that we all feel, they are getting mad, but yeah, relatively no, like it, as a whole of the nation, they're not rich, but relative to me, they usually oh, yeah. have more money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're producing multiple awful movies. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you think about pure flicks, I never thought that like evangelicals would have this many movies. They're just churning out. But if you look at the movies, they're all low budget, like well, Hallmark movies, you know, they're terrible, but they can't. Yeah. But one, we're not going to make a mo- movie. The Catholics won't make a movie about saving children. You know why. Um, and <laughs> and uh, we, they need like, because of the way that the religion just, it is meant to spark you to just, you know, create your own theology, essentially. Patch together okay. what you feel about your life based on what we tell you and then pay for, pay us for the privilege essentially, which I guess, yeah, yeah it's everything, but 
I don't know. I believe in some form of like sacrificing for faith, which they don't really typically do. And I think it, it, it angers them that they have to see anything with like a moral value, like moral values that even like slightly contradict theirs, you know, they cannot right. handle it. And I guess you wouldn't be able to, if you like firmly believe that, you know, Hollywood's run by sickos and shit like that, which it is, I, they're not wrong, mm-hmm. but it's a different kind of sicko than they think. They're not sickos just right. for voting Democrat. There's a lot of other problems. <laughs> yeah. And it just makes me wonder like Tim LaHaye, uh, the reason I say he was so powerful, like uh, he was politically powerful. Like he had a lot of influence on different yeah. Republican presidential campaigns, I but saw he could never off the get Mondale. into Hollywood. Oh, do what? He got kicked off Mondale's campaign for making right. anti-Catholic statements, actually. Right, right. <laughs> Which is <laughs> kind of funny. I mean, that rocks. It does, yeah, yeah. It's just like he could never get into, like, actually making real movies. You know? Yeah, no, no, absolutely not. They don't have enough for that. But, yeah, they do have to have their own competing culture. But hang on one second. Yeah, I think that the thing is, is they want their own culture for everything, right? Like they they wanted to make during the Trump era, they wanted to make their own SNL. You remember? There was some oh. guy who was like, yeah, he was out by you somewhere in like the Plains States. He's like, yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know. It might have been even Missouri, though. It might have been like Branson or something stupid. I barely right? remember this. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to make an evangelical, basically, well, conservative, you know, and that's essentially evangelical values. It's fluid. It's whatever is like the thing in the moment. Right. You know? Right. But yeah, they wanted their own. They want their own like cultural like institutions, which they they don't um, understand that you have to have them viable in a marketplace and most of the marketplace does not want their cultural institutions. They're not right. interested, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, they definitely, but there's enough of them that they consume this stuff, obviously. Right. True. Yeah. And they keep making movies that lose money so they can afford to make a failing movie, but they can't afford to make a good movie. Apparently they should you know? save up the budget from 10 movies to buy one movie. That's what yeah. you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just wait a couple more years, man. Yeah. I, and then, no, go ahead. Oh, no. Yeah. It's like, uh, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was just going to say for this thing to cost like 16 million, even like the Nicolas Cage one to cost like 16 million. It's like, this is, uh, I don't know, man. Like did you spent most of it on a bankrupt Nicolas Cage? It seems like at that point, which is really sad because, you should not have had to pay that much. And I, they spent it on Nicolas Cage and probably like Chad Michael Murray. You know, that's where most right. of the money for this movie went, it seems like. Yeah. For a terrible script. Yeah. All right. You want to get into it? Because this movie sucks. Yeah. So I want to emphasize that the earlier 2000 Left Behind film covers the majority of the plots of the first novel. The 2014 film only covers about the first 20 pages. So up to the beginning of chapter three and it's all set or the majority of it is set in a airport and then in an airplane in the middle of the rapture. And then the plane lands, the movie ends. Why? (laughs) Yeah, it's so bad. They don't. 
where is the money? That's what someone stole the money. That didn't even Nick Cage. Yeah. Someone stole the money. This is like the audit in Arizona or something. Yeah. And I've tried to find research on this. I haven't been able to find much. What's (laughs) weird is that this was also made by uh, cloud 10 productions, the company that Tim LaHaye sued back in 1999 through 2008. So yeah. it's the same company, uh, the same, uh, the CEO, uh, Peter Lalonde, uh, he wrote the script for this. He also wrote a script for one of the sequels of the earlier Left Behind movie. Okay. So <laughs> nothing really changed. The, the same production company made a worse film. It's the same production company. Yeah. So... Uh, um... Let's introduce our first. Who do we see first? Uh, Chloe, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't, the names are so hard to stick with, man. Because yeah, nobody it is had, Chloe. There's nothing anyone gives you to hang on to in this movie. Like I cannot describe. Well, I can actually. I did when we before we started recording. It's like a the first. Even the scenes outdoors are, are like a commercial for yes. nothing. It is all like very commercial feeling. Um, there's moments where you'll see somebody like getting out of a car or something, you know, and making a call to the airport or whatever, or mm-hmm. having someone call them from the airport. And it's like, yeah, this seeing this, it's like, it's like a phone commercial, but like they just forget to advertise like the phone provider, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's basically the other, the rest of it feels like a commercial for like an airline, but they never tell you which one and why you should fly it because it does not look cool. I would say the best uh, actor is the, uh, um the short dude who yells about being short right <laughs> yeah i don't remember where i've seen him where, where's he what movie i don't he uh actually no i mean i yeah i've seen him too but uh, yeah i have no clue <laughs> yeah, it's very I, weird because yeah this isn't no. the only apocalypse movie that cloud 10 pictures makes they have a, a totally different series the apocalypse trilogy which was their first film which is unrelated to the novels, but it's yeah. covering the same events. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. We start out in the airport with Chloe, who is, uh, she's upset. Her father, Nicholas Cage, will not make it to her birthday party. <laughs> this is an adult who's in college, um, mm-hmm. upset about her birthday party, which is, I don't know. I guess maybe you're, I don't evangelicals maybe they are you know a mm. catholic would be like be happy to not be home for their birthday <laughs> <laughs> um it's different though i, I don't know but it's strange to me that when you know i don't know you want to go into what happens next with the introduction of buck <laughs> basically Chloe... tell me more about buck because you don't learn much about anyone oh yeah it, it's weird they made like i prefer kirk Cameron's depiction of uh, Buck Williams, this uh, world famous journalist. And he shows up and he and Chloe bump into each other. And then this uh, evangelical woman approaches Buck and says, Hey, you cover a bunch of natural disasters and political events. Don't you think this reminds you of revelation, the book? And he's (laughs) like, Oh, I, I don't know, maybe uh, whatever. And then Chloe's like, "Oh, if if God good, uh, <laughs> if God good, why world bad? You know the the problem of yeah. evil." And uh, from there, 
the evangelical woman doesn't have an answer. And then Chloe and Buck hit it off. I guess Buck hits on Chloe yeah, and they, they hit it off being well. epic atheists. Off a theodicy <laughs> argument. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They hit it off by reading. Like, they both quote Dawkins to the lady. Yeah. Yeah. Now that lady would come up to you and talk to you about like adrenochrome. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. kind of rocks. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather hear that than that. And then the original script. Like if, if it had been a 2021 script and she had come through talking about Q or something, it would have definitely <laughs> been good. But unfortunately, that does not what happened. Um, this but, movie does feel outdated in that sense, too. Well, we could talk about that later, but yeah, yeah it, it, it all is really because there's not. I don't think Revelations is popular now because they have a certain earthly like tint to it that kind of right. throws out the. There's no yeah. need to sit around and uh, figure out which storm is which in a Bible verse, you know? Yeah. QAnon, Vord, Revelation. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so at some point, um, the good news is, I, I don't know how this works, but Nicolas Cage cannot make it to her uh, birthday, but somehow decides to st- he does know where to find her in the airport to say that he won't be able to make her birthday right that's what happens. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um i don't know nicholas cage is he does not go to heaven during the rapture um which i don't know do you, is there an argument over pre and post tribulation raptors to still or yeah there in? is there okay. is there's a uh what's the term post millennial theory of rapture um <laughs> there is a post-trib pre-millennial theory of rapture where the rapture happens after the seven-year reign of the antichrist yeah uh okay. there's a millennial oh we don't have to get into all this yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> which one is this this is a pre-tribulation pre-millennial okay. view and this okay. is the one that john nelson darby back in the 1820s through 1840s was uh popularizing in europe and north america all right yeah <laughs> this is of course i mean i'm not shocked it launched here too like um, and it took off here because this is oh yeah that really does fit with us for some reason I, well we can't it, hold our shit together and we just want to die but mostly yeah and europeans just i think like european people are just like, well there can't be anything after me i'm not gonna miss it you know like there's no way I could be the one who's gonna miss stuff. So <laughs> I know this is the this is revelation right now. But yeah, they end up on the the plane where we meet a colorful cast of characters. I don't know the uh, little person who is angry about being short, even though he's like in his thirties. And we got shoot. Muslim man. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> I don't know why he was there. Well, I do, but. We are not Islamophobic here. We just yeah. think they're going to hell. And yeah, and they, he also like, oh, look, we have people like we focus on how it's strange. People are getting upset, like that the Muslim is like yelling on the plane, you know, mm-hmm. like they start accusing him of doing <laughs> that. That was fucking wild, man. <laughs> yeah. What he was. Yeah. He was doing black magic in the seat next to you. Yeah. You didn't notice. And yeah, but that was probably in there because it's uh hard. It was harder to get away with that, in, you know, 
mainline culture by that point. You couldn't say so. Yeah, if you're a guy who's like, well, the Muslims, I'm worried about like ISIS. You know, you had to yeah. go watch this and be like, yeah, they're part of. Now, now I assume a bunch of them probably interpreted it as like, yeah, Muslims are in on it. <laughs> they know what's going on. They know the yeah. time and place. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like the film tried to subvert the stereotype of a Muslim terrorist on a plane by reinforcing the stereotype of a Muslim man on a right. plane. Oh, look, he's not a terrorist. Yeah. Everyone like, because <laughs> wow. everyone, yeah, it's like, isn't it weird that everyone like, isn't it like just bad that everyone suspects the Muslim immediately? Like, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't always, you shouldn't ask the Muslim first, like, give them yeah. a chance to explain themselves on their own. You know, <laughs> he's the only guy that says maybe we should all pray. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's you know? funny too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe though that like, I think that's probably the nod to them where it's, Oh, uh, well, yeah, they're religious, but I, at the same time, it could be a nod to like, hey, look at these people have to point one way and pray five times a day. Like, uh, mm. boo. you could pray in your F one fifty as you, you know, drive 90 miles an hour down the freeway to get to work at your car dealership, which is what you I can pray is. on YouTube in public. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere. I mean, yeah. And that's another thing about the faith. Uh, the evangelical faith is, it's encouraged, you know, all stripes of it. It's encouraging you to evangelize. Right. I mean, that's in the fucking name and I, they do make some fucking public speakers, man. And I think that's the problem. That's why they get so, uh, so big is they're charismatic they are charismatic and they teach their followers to be charismatic too then they've got it down to the point where they compete with the issue is you guys aren't you know they're not united around anything right it's there's no mm. central core like the um a mainline protestant would have or even the mormons you know obviously right. catholics would have rome but the mormons have utah and there mm. are these places that would bind your organization together that everyone kicks up to Whereas this is, you have a, they have coalitions and things like that. Obviously there's, you know, these family groups, protect family groups and all this bullshit that are coalitions of evangelicals and often Catholics and other faiths with them and that agree on one subject. But the evangelicals that it's because there's so many rogue actors, you know, you have Pat Robertson's school competing with the Falwell school you know right. and, mm -hmm. and nobody can really centralize around what to do and there's no centralization of like their capital if they got together and made a movie they could probably make a good movie and they could probably yeah. get some hollywood liberals to make direct it if they needed to or at least write it because this nothing happens in this <laughs> and it's really strange i thought it was a tax write-off but i couldn't really find or tax write-off or maybe it was maybe they had to make a film to renew the rights but they didn't have to make the film to keep the rights like okay. Cloud 10 Pictures had the rights and they had plenty of time. Yeah. You know? and they made more money. They made more money than they spent. So, mm. I, I mean, they spent 16 on it and they made 27 million. So, I, that, not bad. Mm. Hey. Yeah. And yeah. I definitely think it was, yeah, somebody pocketed like a bunch of that money. Right. Right. It's not on screen. I'll tell you that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not on screen. And then, like you said, it's two set pieces for the most of the movie. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't, our characters don't really find out an answer to anything. It's really just goes nowhere for almost two hours. Yeah. It's, I couldn't believe that time. <laughs> it's so long. I, 
and nothing, nothing. It's everyone in the plane trying to figure out like, why did other people disappear off the plane, but having no answers. Right. They say it's, maybe aliens, maybe they're invisible. Yeah. There's this one guy talking to the Texas oil man <laughs> that like there's might be some sort of secret government, whatever. But he's so right. vague about it, you know, bunch yeah, of red it's, herrings. It's basically like if you didn't know what this movie was supposed to be. Well, I guess with like the overt Christian imagery, you'd figure it out. But if you had no context for that either, you mm. wouldn't know what the fuck this was. You would no. you'd be you'd be livid, more livid than I am right now. <laughs> Just, <laughs> you know, you'd be more angry because you'd be like, what the fuck was that? Like, well, well, what happened? There's not even like an ambiguous twist at the end or anything like that. No, it was like they were just going to like pick up the story at the same frame they left off on. Right. You know, like, yeah, people just they'll remember. Like, you got to give somebody something to remember here. I mean, but at the same time, while there's nothing happening, they go through these painstaking, like long, you know, series of exposition by characters that say nothing. Like you said, there's people talking about aliens and there's people talking, but they'll also talk about like family and what mm. they did wrong or whatever. And it, it's, mm. you get nothing from it still. There's no connection to any of the characters. There's no connection to anything happening really. Um, right. Yeah. You just do not see much. And it, it it's baffling. It's baffling that somebody wrote this much without saying one thing. Interesting. Yeah, if this was supposed to be the first of a series of movies just depicting the first novel, because again, this Nicolas yeah. Cage movie only covers the first two chapters, <laughs> and most of the stuff depicted in this film doesn't happen in the first two chapters. And in fact, I reread the first two chapters. The first two chapters of the novel are way better than what, even though it just depicts, I mean, for one, it describes uh, Buck Williams covering the Gog Magog bar briefly in a few paragraphs. Okay. Uh, this movie doesn't mention that. So like in the novel, Buck Williams, uh, this happens shortly after he was in Israel <laughs> when it was attacked by Russia, Libya, Ethiopia, and Iran. But in yeah. this movie, I don't think that's mentioned. I was looking for it but he never mentions that he saw the war of Gog and Magog in this movie. Well, you know, um, I don't think he, uh, he doesn't want to brag about it. He's not like <laughs> Kirk Cameron. I feel yeah. like, you know, that may have been their attempts to not get sued again because really? I, well, think about what you want to do. You're painstakingly going through, not the war part, but just in general, this whole movie, like they're painstakingly going through the first two chapters. It's like, okay, we got to make sure we get everything just how Tim likes it, you know? Right. I feel like well, there may but maybe he's some like, yeah, I know, but right? whoever's, his fucking family could sue, right? I yeah. Mean, okay. So his grandson made a left behind movie, you know that? No. <laughs> yeah, I just found that out in 2016, and it was influenced by the Twilight uh, movies. Okay. It's for teens, yeah, but oh, I haven't looked into that much. But, yeah, <laughs> there are other LaHays running around with this franchise. But Yeah, that's what I saw. I did see there was other kids, like, mentioned uh, alongside the novels as uh, IP holders for some reason. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah, I guess he died in 2016. So he, he was. Oh, yeah, he's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they were worried about him suing them because they didn't like accurately portray every single thing that happened in this dumb. But what she said, they didn't anyway. But 
yeah, yeah, I don't know. There could have been some idea of like, well, we got sued last time we tried this and that time we got through two of them. So we better be real careful this time. And maybe they just want to remake the first one in like eight pieces. I don't know how many they thought they were going to get, but you can't. Yeah, there's nothing here. So I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> so the first two chapters, nothing about the war. <laughs> who who attacks them? Okay. Um, Russia leads the coalition along okay. with Libya, Ethiopia, and Iran. That's what the novel says. And I was okay. looking for other references. That's the only countries they mention. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Ethiopia, huh? Where'd they get the cash for that? I I, I guess from uh, Libya. It's just CGI explosions in the sky in the 2000 film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all they do. And they that go into like right. a Stargate bunker kind of thing. <laughs> underground. Man. I do vaguely remember that. And I say that, I don't <laughs> Kirk Cameron has, he's got job security for life, I guess. You know, I don't, does he still act in movies? He does. He made that Christmas okay. movie a few years ago. I don't oh, know if he does now, though. Saving Christmas? Yeah. That's what we should watch next. Oh, actually. God. What? I'm actually very... <laughs> oh, okay. we'll, I'll do I'll plow through. Man. <laughs> As a movie about, like, how you should not commercialize Christmas, it's great. Because it just right. tells you the best part about Christmas is the commercial aspects. Mm-hmm. Like the Coca-Cola vision of Santa Claus and, uh, you know, presents. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this isn't about consuming. It's about like your family consuming together, yeah. you know, it's like, it's very strange because it kind of, and you're buying the movie. It underlines, <laughs> it undermines the entire point it's making. Like, yeah, right. I'm bu- I bought you this movie for Christmas. It's about saving Christmas. It's about how you spend too much money at Christmas, buying me other movies that are secular. You know, mm. it's I, again, though, it, that's all their stuff. It kind of undercuts its own argument, usually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cameron was in a 2017 film made by Liberty University students, <laughs> and he plays oh, a Liberty professor in running a marathon. What? Yeah, that's what I just read. I don't, okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Lib- he was also in Fuller House. <laughs> He was in an episode of Fuller oh, House. Yeah. In 2019. <laughs> I, I, I didn't watch it, but I, I, that does, I guess I'm, it's strange. But hey, he didn't get canceled by Hollywood. That's good. <laughs> he's still invited. Yeah. He's odd, but he knows what he's doing. He, he found his spot to just hang out. All right. Let's get back to this real quick. So everybody goes missing. There's not really much to say, obviously. Uh, no. Nick Cage is cheating on his wife. Yeah. I which guess. happens in the original novel. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he can't go to heaven with her. Yeah. And now she can look down and see him cheating on her. So nice going. Dumbass. That becomes funny in the later novels, but um, not <laughs> in this movie. What happened? Oh, okay. So they get like divorced the- in heaven. uh tricky so okay so (laughs) i'll just talk about the events of the first novel um in the novel so yeah uh our pilot's ray is cheating with a uh, stewardess or what's the term a flight attendant uh named hattie and later in the novel after you know they land the plane and the characters split up you know going in between chicago and london um at some point hattie 
starts having a romantic relationship with the Antichrist. So she goes from <laughs> having an affair with this pilot character and then the pilot character, you know, after the rapture saying, I don't think we should be seeing each other anymore. Then Hattie <laughs> joins the Antichrist. It's that's the most B movie plot twist, you know? Yeah. Like I wish we could see that. Like you're you're having an affair and then she goes to the Antichrist and that's, then she's knocked up by him. That's like Tyler know? Perry effort story, like moral telling, you know. Yeah. 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 That's- <laughs> and then in the later novels, they have to rescue her from a prison in Belgium because the European <laughs> Union. And right. then uh, the false prophet Leon Fortunato um, incinerates her with lightning. But fortunately, she's saved before then. So uh, she's yeah. a Christian. <laughs> it's, you know, and again, like at least. I don't know, like even a simple thing, like a tale, like a salva- a salvation, like basic structure tale of like a hero redeeming themselves. Mm-hmm. A Catholic can make that into the longest book on earth. They literally have, you know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. Protestants was like, man, evangelicals, especially it's just here. I don't know. Uh, stop cheating on your wife. And um, the cheaters, yeah, you're going to hell. And if you're a real lady I don't like, you'll hook up with the Antichrist, and then you're going to double hell. Right, you know? right. And yeah, it's <laughs> – I don't know. Just the <laughs> simple moralism is is very strange. Uh, oh, no, it, your girl went with the gorilla who we have to fight now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, <laughs> it'll basically it's, – yeah, it's the slippery slope, you know. You, cheat, <laughs> you help a guy cheat on his wife, and then you date the Antichrist and team up with him. <laughs> So, she's in the bad boys and she's just leveling he, up. Yeah. This is what happens if you don't force women to get married, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why the incels are, need wives. And that's, that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, they sit on the plane. Nobody knows what happens really. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Nothing. Well, that's another thing. I remember the first movie in 2000 depicting Hattie as a much more fleshed out character also. Like she has more dialogue than she does in this 2014 one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not shocked. I mean, and that's like the only interesting could potentially interesting storyline, I guess, even though it's literally just pilot cheats with flight attendant. It's a stereotype, you know, something would have happened at least. Yeah. I mean, when does the what time in this film does the actual rapture happen? Because that feels long enough. That felt like an hour <sighs> in. It might not have been that long, but man, that was a ways in. Know. You yeah. have to sit there and watch these people do absolutely nothing. Like, oh, yeah. look at these people are eyeballing the Muslim. This guy's eyeballing the little person. This yeah. guy's eyeballing this guy, and he's look. These two this. elderly people have yeah. dementia. Yeah, it's like, but man, there's nothing going on here. It's just. It's like a flight simulator, but where you can't even fly the plane. You're just, yeah. it's literally simulating a commercial flight. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like, at least in the original novel, the dialogue between the different passengers is actually kind of funny. Like there's actually a moment in the novel, like in the first chapter with um, that elderly couple, um, one of the woman uh, wakes uh, Buck up and she's like, Hey, could you find my husband? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then she's like, I don't want him to be embarrassed. He's very religious. And I think he went to the restroom yeah. naked because his clothes are here. 
you know? Yeah. Like there's humor in the first two chapters. There's no humor in this film adaptation. No, I think I remember that from the Kirk Cameron one or something. It is in the movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then that's where I, I was like, man, I know this scene from somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, it yeah. had to be the original because nothing happens in this one. Yeah. There's nothing. No one cares. I, no one gives a shit. Even Nicolas Cage, who is insane normally, like not mm-hmm. even trying. No, it's like he's on like benzos, you know, he's on like right. Klonopin or something. He's not reacting. He right. does not care. And I don't know uh, what year he went bankrupt still. I didn't look that up, but <laughs> this may have been when he was paying for the pyramid tomb in New Orleans. So, mm, mm. which he had to sell anyway. So, unfortunately, there's going to be somebody else dead in that thing, and you can't go yeah. to Nicolas Cage's grave. But and yeah. his pastor brother kind of roped him into this too. That's the okay. other weird thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. I didn't know that part. I didn't know that he had a pastor brother. Me neither. Yeah. How is he tied into like? Is he just tied? Do you think he's just tied in like the evangelical world because of his name? Uh, because of Nicholas Cage's or yeah, I mean, typically evangelicals get real excited when they have anyone like tangentially related to like celebrity in any way. I mean, oh com- yeah, these yeah. are the people who like invite Chachi to their conventions and shit, man. Like right, right. They'll take you know, red pill general who like went to jail. Like it doesn't matter, you know, if they have anyone like tangentially related to fame, and also I obviously the people at the top. It's like Scientology or any other thing like that. It's People at the top know, like, well, we can exploit this for something. So I'm sure people who had the money to make movies and knew who he was would want to cozy up to him. But that'd be mm-hmm. any structure like this, you know? I just didn't... I don't know. Cage is such a strange character, but it seems like I don't think he would do this if it wasn't... He had to read the script or something, man. Like, And, yeah... Yeah, there's nothing here for him. There's nothing here at all. There's uh, one scene later on after like Chloe hears the Mayday call where like um, the church, the guy at the church or something like that is saying that, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's this was the rapture basically. So, yeah. And that's basically, that's essentially the end of the movie, right? She's Chloe yeah. decides she's about to kill herself until Buck calls her because mm-hmm. he's hanging out with her dad. So I make it that way. You I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Do they end up together, Buck and Chloe? They do by the of second course. novel. Oh, okay. So, that's but that's the other thing. Like, that's not explored at all in this movie, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then um well i guess she clears the runway for the plane at the yeah. end which again she's her in a truck really her like around the truck nothing really happens and the cage lands the plane which you don't really see and uh, he glides it to the rough landing <laughs> yeah then that's it he just leaves the plane and they say it looks like the end of the world and that's it Oh, it's just the beginning of the world, though, by the way. So that's the movie, man. I mean, I don't think there's any way we can explain (laughs) any differently than that, because like I said, I just for the fucking 30th time, there's nothing there. It's very weird. They they, they rewrote the first two chapters and made them worse. And then that's the the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's strange because the book's selling like you said they did. I mean. 
they would have to be good, or at least gripping to the point where people will read them. I don't think like Harry Potter is good necessarily, but mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. there's something there that draws people in and keeps them writing. Right, right, right. And- well, it's interesting. So like uh, the first Harry Potter novel is published in 1997, two yeah. years after Left Behind. So Left Behind is probably the peak of uh, Christian publishing in like cultural prominence because like you have 1995 the first left behind novel is published it's getting uh millions of copies sold already and then 1997 harry potter starts blowing it out of the water well you know yeah that's you what find they... academic papers just like uh, comparing the two novel series just because they came around the same time and they were both big you know maybe that's why uh they were so anti-harry potter you know was, what? Maybe it was competition for their art. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what role does like, um, does Rome play any role in these books? Yes. What so, are they up to loving the uh, antichrist? Yeah. Rome ends up becoming <laughs> like the religious wing of the global government. Cool. Great. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I mean, these are people who do not like uh, Catholics very right. much. So, I mean, it's, what we're pagans. Um, our church <laughs> is fake. I'm guessing that usually comes up. Uh, what else yeah, do we have? Yeah. Sometimes we're the fake church, uh, man, you know, I don't know. They're just Anabaptists, so they can make up whatever the hell they want about us. Now it's pretty much. Tied yeah. In, yeah. Now we're tied into, uh, um, you know, weird shit like the democratic party for some reason because the pope is like slightly more liberal than the hitler youth that we had before (laughs) yeah yeah the pope isn't mel gibson which um i will say that there was a part in the tim LaHaye stuff that i was seeing that he the, the catholic he likes is uh he liked the passion of the christ he said it was hollywood's finest achievement so that is um he likes that Catholic and he endorsed Newt Gingrich. So two Catholics have, <laughs> have entered his life, but yeah, um, he did. Yeah. He got kicked off the Mondale campaign for talk, talking shit about Catholicism because he couldn't just keep it to himself. <laughs> um, and yeah. And he called it pseudo Christian or whatever and got thrown off Jack Kemp's campaign. And uh, I, he had sponsored um a mission group that went out to preach to Catholics to try and turn us around, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine you'd go for it, but I mean, probably somebody, I, it, but what do you tell them? You know, what do you come up? You come up to a Catholic store and tell them like, Hey, you've been doing satanic mass the last 30 years. Like, can I talk to you about something new? You know, and <laughs> it's, and it's, it's basically like, Oh, I don't know. This crazy Lutherans that rebelled in Germany back in the 600s and the people who got like inquisited in Spain, <laughs> you know, and right. Cause that's the thing is this is relies heavily on and the books, obviously, you know, they stick their own beliefs in there. Um, there's the books refute like the antichrist like refutes christ or whatever right in the books mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay yeah. yeah it does happen okay i do slightly remember some of the 
I remember somebody telling me about this. I don't know why. I was probably interested, honestly, because it's so weird. <laughs> it's so strange. It's such a it's such a lost time. I don't know. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? The idea of an evangelical art dominating like this is is very yeah. weird. Yeah. That's why this film feels like out so outdated. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into that a bit. Um, this it's not, it's 2014. There's right. a Muslim in the White House, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Why wasn't that's a good why wasn't the uh, Antichrist like a black president? Or is that too obvious for them? Well, I don't uh, it's because they're stuck to like these novels written in the 90s. Yeah. Because true. if you go back like the War of Gog and Magog um, as depicted in the first novel, uh, Buck Williams notes that, hey, the USSR just collapsed a few years ago and now Russia has to do a <laughs> land grab or else they're going to fall further into, I don't know, collapse, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And they're grabbing. No, what? They, it doesn't yeah, make is, sense. I'm yeah. not saying it makes sense. Yeah, no, it's just no, what it's Buck just, Williams says in the book, you know, they, so they take Israel. Yeah, it's a neoconservative yeah. talking point. It's yeah. uh, the neoconservatives just... not knowing what to do without the USSR. So they're trying to grasp at straws here to justify U.S. empire. You yeah. Know? And it's funny because, yeah, who else is put there? Iran. Not really right. anything. Not really a concern of the United States, honestly. Um, right, right. It, it, there's nothing that with Iraq or something like that, you could say, like, well, they were holding reserve currency or whatever. And oil, obviously, that they probably would have made deals with us on. And they had in the past, you know, they were taking mm -hmm. they'd taken it away at some point. But it was nowhere near on the level of Iran, which but we know we're not getting that. So Iran is just that's an Israeli talking point. But yeah, neocon, obviously, is, yeah. is Zionist talking points um, mm -hmm. and Libya, Ethiopia. I don't even know who was like mad at that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I think that's only because Ezekiel mentions Ethiopia. I think that's the oh, only okay. reason it's put in the novel. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. lazy. Yeah. Um. I. It's such a strange coalition. It's funny to think like, yeah, Gaddafi's like aiming to annex Israel. <laughs> never, never, never was that like. He never would he say like, yeah, it's going to be like a Libyan like occupied state. Right. Yeah. And. Ethiopia in the 90s, what doing what? I don't know. Sending I was like, looking around, I was like, what are they talking yeah, about? You know, maybe like sending mercenaries, <laughs> which are just poor people. Yeah, maybe yeah. that. That'd be like your best. That'd be the closest you'd get to Ethiopians invading the country during that period of time, you know? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. at that time, before there was, um, at least some type, not good, but at least some type of investment on the African continent. I mean, there was this really underdeveloped period coming out of the Cold War. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. where everything that I had, like Latin America, too, everything that had been built up was destroyed again and again. And hands, you know, power switch hands a couple of times and just kept going. Yeah. Yeah. That's another reason why, like this, I, I feel like when they made this movie for 2014, they couldn't figure out how to bring the politics of the 90s into a 2014 adaptation you know yeah there's definitely um not there's nothing here really that's political right i mean right it's not it does not address much going on in the world uh the chloe says to buck 
you've seen bad stuff which yeah <laughs> he's a reporter of course yeah like and she obviously you know even when she owns the christian she she does not really say much about what happens in the world there's nothing and i get that they can't really tie like but that's their mistake doing this movie from the 90s they tried to tie it to a certain timeline and suit a certain type of paranoia that wasn't around anymore you know and but they would not tie it to like current events because they're like well you know don't want to date this movie you don't want to attach it to anything real because obviously the best prophecies are the fucking vague ones right yeah. uh and and like some things do overlap so for example it like the antichrist nick like carpathia he's like um a eastern european and americans don't trust eastern europeans still yeah, yeah. Know, that could be transported americans still don't like rome and they don't like they they're suspicious of europe at least the conservative americans there's some things you can transfer over this still fear of the un i don't think you can make the eu the big baddie though with brexit and possibly brexit and what you know yeah and eu too it's like it's such a funny thing that the way these things are misinterpreted is so frustrating sometimes because it's like yeah i have plenty of complaints against the european union mainly germany and stop giving them a country you know, <laughs> just, yeah, just yeah. stop it. You put them all together and they make trouble. But mm. um, yeah, it's, uh, there's plenty of reasons to hate NAFTA or like oppose globalization, but they don't have any of those. And it's always just, and obviously it's meant to, it, it, they really do benefit the w- ruling class this way where they, they push empire, they push, you know, free market thinking, even though they've never, typically most of them have never had to compete in a free market. And that's what I said earlier when it's like, this is this bastardization of Calvinism, right? It's like, well, we don't know who's going to heaven or hell and we should live accordingly. And my life is pretty fucking sweet. So therefore I must be going to heaven. Like they do the reasoning of Calvinism backwards or something. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that this is just, there's not, I, you can tell it's an evangelical movie because there's no thought put into it. And like, but the books sound interesting, at least. Like, and that's why it's so surprising that they were so huge. Right. It's, it's clearly, yeah, this is a revelation story. But I guess in the 90s, we were just more cool with that. I, I don't know. Well, I it's guess. Surreal. Like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I guess Christianity was just more generalized as a thing back then because there wasn't. We maybe I think of it more in terms of like pe- that people don't anymore either because I just I deal with posting Christians now, right? Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, in the nineties, um, it. I mean, there, there's probably several peaks of the religious right in America from the ni- like nineteen seventies through the two thousands. Like, you know, nineties are probably the peak of uh, evangelical. Uh, broadcasting on tv probably the 90s and then they start running into a bunch of financial problems it's probably a peak in donations in some pentecostal areas like the pentecostals in uh tulsa oklahoma maybe uh but it's also maybe i've been trying to look through like missionary finances and Mm -hmm. like like how how are christian missions doing in other countries and like the 1990s with the fall of the USSR, there was this expectation that evangelical missionaries would be able to proselytize more and more in uh, Russia, in China, and elsewhere, you know? 
there's this idea that we were going to bring, you know, the war to more and more people now that the USSR was toppled. So there was yeah. an optimism, you know, and yeah. the left behind in a weird perverse way is kind of optimistic in the sense that if we save as many souls as possible, then uh, we'll have meaning in our, you know, petite bourgeois lives. Yeah. And that is like, I think why, you know, they compete with us is like they're as this sort of class in other countries comes about through globalization, which is funny because evangelicals don't realize all the benefits they actually got from it. Mm-hmm. You know, they right. managed to get their supply chains are cheaper. They could sell worse products and they could get things that they consume for cheaper, you mm-hmm. know, but I think as that starts to replicate itself in other developing countries, though, that's why they're having such luck, you know, going out and preaching like this. And you see it spreading in like, uh, the wealthier classes of say like Brazil or something like that, you know, right, these right. Yeah. countries in the global South are typically it would be Catholics, maybe Mormons, depending on where you are. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that was, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, that was just gonna say that was a top competition for a while there between who was, was recruiting faster. Yeah. And then the evangelicals yeah. got on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They had international broadcasting a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We should, go through the story of that sometime is just yeah they use the airwaves because you know uh, there was a one period of time where there was a coalition between all of the lutherans and all of us and and the catholic church where we said no don't let them on the radio they're unaccountable (laughs) (laughs) and what do you know they were right but yeah go ahead oh no i was just gonna say like um yeah in the 1990s um the South Korean church is still growing very rapidly, mostly because oh, yeah. uh, they were industrializing and urbanizing still, you know? Right. You yeah. Had a bunch of like middle classes rising and they're looking to religion as a means to uh, teach their nuclear families. Right. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what it is too. It's this development of like uh, a comfortable enough class where religion no longer has to explain suffering. Right. Right. It doesn't, you don't, you're not really feeling it. You're not under any like immediate economic pressure. Usually Um, you're performing fairly well in life with like minimal effort. But Mm -hmm. again, this is only temporary. And now you find that when these economies start to deteriorate, like these people are essentially, well, they're fascists in a way and they're Mm -hmm. Christian fascists. It may not necessarily be like a racial thing or whatever, but they turned to insane conspiracy theories. And I think the nineties was sort of, and it's obviously a Democrat was in the White House is a big part of it. But yeah. there was a, a, also an air of this stuff that's come back with QAnon really big, like the black, you remember the black helicopters and uh, yeah. UFOs <laughs> were really big in the 90s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that stuff was so, it was there. And like, I remember, well, until like McVeigh kind of yeah. turned a lot of people off of it. But yeah. Yeah, I remember that being an undercurrent. And I remember, you know, conspiracy shows being like a very regular thing. Obviously, the X-Files was insanely popular, Mm -hmm. you know. And yeah, I think that you see now, too, you have QAnon going into like disclosure and shit like that. Some of them, some of the influencers, you know. So it definitely, uh, I, I don't know, it seems like that was there. And this is just a resurgence of it now. But the issue now is they can all find each other because they couldn't even find each other at the movie theaters when they'd go see stuff like this before, because there weren't <laughs> movie theaters showing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, I don't know. It's a strange movie. I would not recommend it. <laughs> no, it, it, there's really nothing in the movie. It's so bizarre. And they took as much, it's almost like they took as much of the original Left Behind novel out of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Almost. Yeah. 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 They could have actually just read the book and it would have been better. You know, yeah. They could just read out of the book and my, Panama, I learned the motions and everything, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. That'd be more interesting. I don't care if they were on like an empty sound stage at that point. But yeah. Yeah. The books, I will never read them, but they sound much more interesting. They um, are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't doubt it. It's not hard. Yeah. It wouldn't be hard. That's a low bar to clear. But yeah, I don't see, I don't know. What was the, the sort of craziest things in the books? Like, where'd the Muslims stand in the books? Um, oddly, okay, so there there are definitely Islamophobic, like stereotypical characters who are like villains in the books. Okay, um, there <laughs> is a depiction of a I, can't, I think a Chinese Christian that's kind of <laughs> weird, but I don't remember the details there. I think the biggest oddities of the, about the book is one uh, the UN building new babylon in iraq to be the capital of the world <laughs> that's very bizarre especially because this is pre-iraq invasion <laughs> you know? yeah yeah <laughs> uh that happens in the books um Bush the u.s you right right uh the u.s i mean here's another thing is because the united states is not mentioned in the new testament uh a lot of evangelicals have tried to explain why the U S would not be talked about in a 2000 year old set of texts. Yeah. So there's all these explanations about what happens to the U S. So for example, in the first novel, uh, Buck Williams, when he's doing his, uh, office politics, um, in London with the other journalists and what, uh, there's mentioned that the CIA is in total disarray from the rapture. Right. Uh, there's talk about how, well, the U.S. was a, you know, a Christian nation, so a larger chunk of their population is gone. So the U.S. is just going to be in ruins, you know? Okay. Uh, yeah. That's yep. pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, most the of UN us are going stuff, to heaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Bold assumption. Uh, the U.N. stuff is interesting. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, the U.N. stuff is kind of, I would assume, what, like casual, like Alex Jones kind of levels shit, right? Just, right right they're powerful something this dream that they have a bunch of power yeah and it's yeah, not that's like a the u.s running the u.n yeah that's a hilarious <laughs> idea too you know yeah. the u.n can they can stop the planet any day they're ready they are preparing for it and like they will govern the world it's like dude they can't fucking do breakout sessions without like fighting and it then yeah. nothing happens anyway they um what agenda 2021 or whatever agenda 21 was the big oh we're going to reach these goals by 2021 and then (laughs) now you see the conservatives like well now they have an agenda 2030 it's like yeah because they literally got to 2021 they're like well nobody got into the benchmarks and that's it Mm -hmm. because there was no way to enforce them this was completely voluntary and uh everyone's a fucking you know a wild ape just tearing through the world right (laughs) yeah so yeah yeah, the the idea that the un and maybe that's what we'll watch instead of kurt cameron is we'll watch the alex jones movie or chuck norris's son movie yeah i guess yeah we'll watch it because that's a funny conspiracy is the idea that these people in blue helmets are just going to show up one day i'm like yep they run the country now 
Oh yeah. I mean, I think one big like glaring blind spot in the 1990s through 2000s left behind novels is okay. The U S collapsed. Now the UN is taking charge, but with whose army they kind of mentioned China doing it. Right. You know, but they haven't quite developed an anti-China talking point yet, you know? Italians and Irish people. <laughs> French. Yeah. The French wouldn't do anything either, though. Yeah. You know, they're not going to fucking hang out over here and have to babysit us. Most of those people are. Nobody's going to hang out over here and babysit us, actually. That, you know. Um, and why? Why? What do they want it for? Well, there's still, like, people in it. Why? why did they bring a military here? Like who's resisting them? Right. Yeah. Like the U S is just running capital. Yeah. Is there any <laughs> in the books? Is there any type of like resistance to this or. Um, in the, in the books, it just depicts it as the rapture leaves everything. Okay. So destroyed that the UN just sweeps in and then you have a global community government and they just all of a sudden run everything. My, like there's no political there's very little political structure uh political yeah. struggle mentioned you know that's yeah it's odd because <laughs> i just to think that yeah the idea of the evangelicals who have this idea like yeah they'll occupy the united states is like well one like why if they were all gone you know what do they yeah. need a giant army for and mm-hmm. like two you know what do they give us the whole world should like have the world should be empty at that point and I don't know. It's just, right. it's a strange thing because yeah, you can't put the United States into your vision. And if half, if most of this country is going to go, like most of the world will go based on our standards. So if you want a religion, religion that factors in this country, just be a Mormon. You can have high art to some extent, and you can have a book that talks about this country specifically. Just leave it at that. <laughs> go do that. You know, <laughs> That's my suggestion because this is uh, evangelicalism is definitely a American phenomenon. You know the yeah yeah uh, um, sort of great awakenings here. I hate hate that they're fucking it's back, but yeah, <laughs> the great awakenings here and you know the the uh, evangelizing and the sort of revivals here, the tent revivals and you know the early industrial period and things like that. You just. Uh, we've made a religion perfectly tied to capitalism, but yeah, it's funny when you try to apply the scripture to it, it doesn't actually like work with capitalism. Right. And that's the whole value of teaching. Like, well, this is about your relationship to God. It has nothing to do with the church. Right. You know, right. Whereas at least uh, there's rules in other churches. (laughs) It is not just show up, give money and leave. You know, there's rules. Mm-hmm. You have to do something. You have to know something. You have to give up something. I don't know. It's not yeah. like they're doing, they're not even doing like Lent where you just like, well, I'm giving up writing with ballpoint pens this month. Yeah. You know, you can cheat your way through it, but still <laughs> it's a rule, <laughs> you know? And mm-hmm. yeah, there's just this chaotic, um, atomized religion that much like a conspiracy theory, everyone has their own slightly tweaked interpretation of it. And I think that's what that's where these conspiracy theories have dominated everything. I feel like that's why evangelicalism was so popular in like the 90s. I, would, I could see that making sense for like a Christian, a big Christian movement in the 90s. And obviously we'd come out of like the 80s and the satanic panic too. So it's not like it ever went away, you know? Right, right. Yeah. But since like about 
the late nineties, we've have a, we've had like an acceleration of like secularization where you have a larger and larger percentage of yeah. mostly working class Americans not identifying with a religion. Yeah. You know? I, it really I think, accelerated in the late nineties onward. There's much more secular right wing than there was before. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, two thousands, man, the panic was, the evangelicals, right? It was right. Yeah, it was the evangelicals, Liberty University, and like all these people. Mm-hmm. It's funny to think who we got scared of, like Rush. You know, like Rush Limbaugh <laughs> is coming. You know, like oh yeah. no, and like yeah. they're gone. The Christian now. Dominionists, yeah, like oh. not just neocons, but dominionists. You know, and then in uh, the two thousands, the big like cultural culture war thing was just evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, young Earth creationism and all that shit. Where it was, yeah. Yeah, we have to figure out uh, whether we, we just want to preach the, uh, you know, we want to teach the controversy. You guys are only teaching <laughs> one side. It's like, what does this even achieve, man? Like, yeah, they've been losing since the 1920s. They did a terrible job uh, protecting creationism in the <laughs> 1920s in Tennessee, and they've been losing every ever since. Every single court case, they evangelicals lose (laughs) you know the plan to me just doesn't add up right because what's yeah you don't teach them that we evolve from other animals and then they'll go to church like okay i don't see like how you put the two and two together to make four here you know like you can't just it's like saying like yeah we'll have our own saturday night live and then more people will come to church it's like well (laughs) if it's anything like this movie no they won't like they won't be not interested and Mm -hmm. if you're using the stars who are like on the right to make right-wing things you're very limited with who you have and you know christian stars especially vocally christian stars are hard to come by maybe oh yeah mcconaughey in a few years that's why they had to get Nicolas Cage for this movie, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it, it had to. Yeah, that's the biggest. I, I think that's really it. Is this the biggest name they could get because he was broke? And normally they would have had like Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. For good, the Reliance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been good. Yeah. Kevin Sorbo <laughs> is the pilot. Uh, is, yeah. I could see that. It'd be better than this. I don't know. It, or Nicolas Cage is telling him to wing it, man. It would make a better movie. But I think that's about all we have to say on this one. <laughs> it's we been interesting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it was something. <laughs> I mean, there's not much. There wasn't much cipher in the movie. But going yeah. on about other things about evangelicals is nice. We're going to get into Mormons soon, too, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to find something of them. They'll probably send us a free DVD. You know. <laughs> we'll just talk outdated. about the book of Mormon. Yeah, you can get those for free still, right? Yeah, I think I have one here, actually. Oh, wow. I never ordered mine. Now, before you go, though, I have a book here that might interest you. What's that? Related to this. It is, the rapture was real, question mark, exclamation mark, (laughs) and you were left behind, now what? From Jesus through Ezekiel and Claire Dubois, a.k.a. Still Small Voice on YouTube, and this is a book, it's about a, a 400 pages, and it's for people left behind. It's basically ah. instruction and warnings to those left behind about how to uh, convert to Christianity and prepare for the seven-year tribulation. Now, if you own that book, um, what? <laughs> Why? Yeah. 
If you okay, so if you own the book, why don't you just convert to Christianity before the rapture? Um, why I think put, you need why the, put the book <laughs> in a glass case with like break in case of emergency, break in case of a rapture on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it think seems, you need the rapture to actually believe any of this stuff. I guess, yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking took me to one of these churches, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it seems funny to have like. Oh, it's the guide because I know that I'm not going to change until like God gets back, you know, and like, yeah. it, it seems like you have the instruction manual, like how to not go through this right in front of you. And then you're just going to what, not read that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you know, you see it, it's in the fire extinguisher case with the, it's with the hose down the wall. Uh, so my landlord gets really pissy if I take out the rapture instructions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would definitely read that because it is funny. I'm going to find a like, PDF of that or something. It is. Okay, great. Yeah, send that over to me when I get off this. But yeah, this is fun. <laughs> I mean, the movie was not fun, but it's good talking about it with you, man. Oh, yeah. And we fun. will, yeah, we will, um, I'll find this movie for us and we'll stream it like sometime this week or something. Hell yeah, sounds good. All right, man. Oh, we'll hell no. Like, Sorry, yes, hell no. No hell. We're not yes. going to, actually, no, Rapture, yes. Uh, tribulation please yeah. we will be here recording and posting <laughs> and with that I'll the left is folks. raptured yeah yes the left jake is gone he's ascended <laughs> all right جنباز فداکار را هر جا هستند یار و یاور با